are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, February 2nd. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're listening to today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It'll help me out tremendously. It only takes a quick click of a button. And best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all absolutely for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. All right, good morning, everyone. And as always, thank you for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And on the show today, folks, I'll be going over a preview of tonight's contest with Seth Topal. From Lockdown Wild, we'll be discussing uh, what's been going on lately between our two teams as we head into the NHL All-Star break. I'll also go over the Blackhawks' projected lineup for tonight, as well as all the latest injury updates to Jonathan Taze, Tyler Johnson, and a couple of other Blackhawks players as well. And then to wrap things up today, I'll go over what to expect from the town hall meeting that's going to take place later this afternoon before the game against Minnesota. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. To open things up today though, folks, I am going to share with you all a quick conversation that I had earlier with Seth Topal from Locked On Wild on the matchup between the Blackhawks and Wild tonight at the United Center. I hope you all enjoy this short conversation. All right, joining me now for a quick chat with the Blackhawks scheduled to take on the Minnesota Wild at the United Center later this evening is none other than Seth Topal from Lockdown Wild. Seth, my buddy, how you doing, brother? Doing wonderfully because the Minnesota Wild just keep on chugging. Um, big wheel, keep on turning is uh, is is kind of my play for uh, how this team's been doing recently. It's been great. Yeah, the Wild have not lost a game since the Blackhawks played them a couple of weekends ago. We'll get into that in just a second. Um, But I I wanted to first ask you, uh, with the NHL All-Star break coming up, is is this the last game for the Wild as well before the break, I'm guessing? Yes, that is correct. uh, Who's going to be representing Minnesota this weekend for uh, fans to keep an eye on and – are you excited for this weekend? I've heard a lot of varying opinions on the all-star game and everything they have planned. What are your thoughts on, on everything? You know, I, I enjoy as somebody who has more recently become a, a, a devout follower of the NHL. Um, the all-star game is still fresh enough for me that I, I do enjoy. And this will be probably one of the first that I've really actively watched in, uh, in quite some time. Um, so, so I do still enjoy everything that goes into the all-star weekend. And of course, I'm going to be trying to give some good energy to, uh, to Kirill Kaprizov, uh, and Cam Talbot, who will both be going for the wild. 
it's just it's going to be another opportunity for Kirill to uh, to showcase his talents on the national stage. Anytime we can do that is uh, is obviously well worth it. And, you know, despite a little bit of an uneven performance at points this year, great for Cam Talbot to get in as well. So I'm going to be repping my guys and um, just going to be having a uh, a good time watching, hoping that uh, Kaprizov gets the uh, the Central Division a win. Is this Talbot's first All-Star game appearance, do you know? That is a great question. Um, I would have to imagine it is. I would I think mean, as well. He's had some... Uh, Probably should have done some research on that before, <laughs> but it's just something that came to mind. Um, but yeah, for, for the Blackhawks end, it's only going to be Alex Dabrinkit this year. No Patrick Kane in the All-Star game, which is going to be a little weird change. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see all, all the talent, obviously, and some of the new young faces. And they have that like card segment that they're doing where I think you get five pucks and you got to shoot them at the cards and the numbers got to add up to 21. Have you seen that as well? Uh, you know, if 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 Kaprizov ends up doing that, I'm not sure who if that's is that everybody that's doing that. Um, I'm not sure either. I think it might just be a select few guys. If I would imagine, I think it would take forever right. if everyone was in it. You know. That's fair. Um, I hope Kaprizov's one of them because uh, I guarantee he'll win that. Ooh, you're at, you're at going going with the take like that on the pod like that. He's uh, he's got some handles. If he is one of the ones that competes, I guarantee he'll win it. I like the confidence, buddy. All right, getting into this final matchup for both these teams before the All Star break. Um, for Minnesota, as I said a moment ago, they haven't lost a game since the Blackhawks took them on a couple of weekends ago in that back-to-back. Uh, you want to talk to us a little bit how things have gone for the Wild, more so than just the victories and kind of what Blackhawks fans could be looking for when these two teams meet again tonight? Well, it's going to be interesting because the Wild will be shorthanded as uh, Marcus Felino was injured in the New York Rangers game. Uh, the team being cautious with him, just giving him some extra time before the All-Star break with a busy month of February on tap. Um, he will be out in Matt Dumba is day to day as well. So neither of those two will play, but that feeds right into the mantra for this team, the entire season next man up. And so we will see, you know, a couple of players step into those roles to uh, just try to keep this team rolling. It's been uh, the scoring combos of Kirill Kaprizov, Ryan Hartman, and Matt Zuccarello on that top line, and the newly formed line of Matt Boldy, Freddie Goudreau, and Kevin Fiala, who have been just torching teams. Fiala on an 11-game point streak. Kaprizov is on a point streak that I think carries, um, I think it's right around nine games, but the fact that he missed a game, you know, it's it's confusing as to to how that is exactly counted. But it seems like pretty much everybody on those top two lines is on point streaks, and that just makes this team super dangerous with the good goaltending that they've had from Capo Kakinen recently with big wins, uh, a big win over the Islanders, and Cam Talbot single-handedly spoiling Henrik Lundqvist's jersey retirement against <laughs> the Rangers. Um, it's It's been a very fun group to watch, but they uh, they live and die by the next-man-up mentality. And they also live and die by the find a way mentality. And both have been uh, equally important this year. Yeah. We talked about both of those things 
uh, when, when we had that crossover not too long ago for the wild, it just seems like everyone's able, everyone's been able to pitch in this year offensively. Right. And yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. What were you going to say? I was just going to say it's, it's a team that just, it feels like everybody is capable at any point in the game. And I think when you have a team that has so many guys that are not only capable, but willing to take those big shots, I think it just makes you that much more dangerous because who, who is the opposing team supposed to key in on? I mean, the obvious choice is Kirill Kaprizov, but then that gives more opportunities to Ryan Hartman, gives more opportunities to Matt Zuccarello, more opportunities to Matt Boldy, Kevin Fiala. The list goes on and on and on. They just top to bottom are full of guys that are fully capable of, uh, of taking the big shots, and they have been, uh, they've been scoring at will this year. Yeah, the Blackhawks certainly got to be aware of all four forward lines later on this evening for the Wild. Another thing we touched on in that crossover, Seth, was how resilient this Minnesota Wild team is. And then, of course, in that second game on Saturday with, uh, I think it was Kakinen who was in that. Either way, with the goalie pull, they wind up tying the game late uh, and then scoring the overtime winner, a complete backbreaker for the Hawks there. But I just thought it was funny how we literally talked about that just a couple of days prior. And uh, then the Wild wind up pulling that off there in that second game. I can't fathom how this wild team has had so much success with the empty net. Um, usually that's a point that other teams are just, okay, we just got to avoid, we just got to maneuver around a little bit and then find an opening and take a shot and score on them. Uh, the wild have done it to full success this season. And it leads me to pretty much every time it happens, ask myself, you know, is this sustainable? Is this something that legitimately can be sustained through the course of the season? Uh, you would think at some point the other shoe would drop, but it seems like the Wild are at their best when they're absolutely backed up against the wall. And so at this point in the season, I really I really can't say whether or not the Magic's going to run out. It just it seems like it never will. Yeah, the Blackhawks, I think a big key for them tonight is they need to keep their foot on the gas for the entire 60 minutes because the Wild have shown plenty of times this season. If you let up, especially late in the game, they're going to make you pay for it. Uh, but Minnesota is going to be, as you said, without Nick Felino and Matt Dumba tonight. The Blackhawks are more than likely going to be without Captain Jonathan Taves once again, unless he's able to clear uh, concussion protocol later this morning. Uh, Taves has not been able to play these last handful of games with the all-star break coming up. I expect the Hawks not to rush him back. There's just no really point to doing that right now, especially with the rut that the Blackhawks have been in this month, losing streak of four games. They've also now lost six of seven. So both these teams uh, kind of dealing with injuries, um, but the wild, as you said, have kind of had that steady rotation. The Blackhawks, I don't think, have had as much success out of their depth players. So I think that makes it even more important for guys like Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkit to, to be on top of their game because we know that Minnesota has a lot of talent and the Blackhawks have really relied on those big offensive guns to carry them throughout the season. So, uh, Seth, I expect if the Blackhawks want to be close in this one, their stars are going to have to do the job. Uh, what other things are you looking to um, – with before tonight's game and also who is going to be the starting goaltender for the Minnesota wild in this one. So the wilds will have cam Talbot between the pipes for tonight's game. It looks like uh, according to Michael Russo. Um, and so, you know, one of the big things with Talbot is just making sure that he is comfortable and locked in early. 
uh, if there's one thing that Talbot has the tendency to do is allow an early goal or two. Now, the Wild have been able to come back from deficits plenty this year, so it's not a huge worry, but at the same time, it, uh, it would be nice to just kind of get off to a good start and, uh, and not find themselves trailing like they did to the New York Rangers um, to nothing like right off the bat. Obviously, Chicago not having the se- same season that the Rangers are, but at some point you're going to run into a Colorado or a Vegas or somebody from the Eastern Conference where you give up two goals early and you're not going to be able to come back from that. So get Talbot comfortable, get him confident early, and uh, allow the Wild to be the ones that uh, that take the lead early and uh, give him a chance to settle in. The other thing to uh, to point out is that while the Wilds will be without the services of, uh, of Marcus Foligno and Matt Dumba, it sounds like Nico Sturm and John Merrill will be back off of the COVID-19 protocol list. So out two players, but two of the regulars coming back into the lineup. So uh, again, a little mix and match, but um, let's make sure that Talbot is, uh, is dialed in early and uh, that should lead to a good recipe for success. And for the Blackhawks side of things, I would be shocked if Marc-Andre Fleury is not making the start tomorrow night. Uh, backup Kevin Lankin has been dealing with a hand in- injury actually ever since uh, that second game of the back-to-back against the Minnesota Wild. He was just getting back on the ice for practice this morning. So I, I'm pretty confident that Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be in there for the Hawks for the 12th time in the last 13 games. They've been riding Fleury lately, but he, he's been the reason why even throughout this losing stretch, he's the reason why the Blackhawks have found themselves close in most of the games. Fleury has been magnificent. And I think a big key for the Blackhawks is to make life on him as easy as possible against uh, Vancouver a couple of days ago, the putrid performance by the Blackhawks. They weren't quick enough out of the defensive zone. They weren't able to get things started in transition. They were turning the puck over too much and were giving up a lot of dangerous chances to the Canucks in the, in the slot. Uh, So I, I think the Blackhawks need to try and limit the turnovers in their own zone and just not have Mark Andre Fleury be bailing them out. Right. And the consistency throughout 60 minutes over the course of the season. That's been the, uh, the big issue. I never know what Blackhawks team is going to come out. Um, but recently against when they play top teams, it's like they play to their level. And then when they go against, you know, some of the guys in, in the lower, some of the teams in the lower part of the standings, like Vancouver and Seattle, they get absolutely throttled by them. It's absolutely backwards. Um, but I think it's interesting that you talked about getting off to a good start because the Blackhawks really need to do the same. They've only scored the first goal. In six of their last 15 games, the first period overall in the year has been a nightmare. Um, So I really need them to bounce back in that first period after a really bad performance in their last game against Vancouver, because if they don't, uh, like we saw in that first game against Minnesota, Seth, the Wild put a beating on them early, and that was pretty much all she wrote after the Hawks went down three to nothing early. Yeah, a little bit of a track meet. And, you know, Chicago's got some good, nice pieces, but um, there are few teams, if any, when the wild get to um, when they're full speed and they are just coming at you every which way, there are a few teams in the NHL that can contend with that. I mean, like the snowball effect is a real thing. Like just ask Montreal how that went. And I know Montreal is the worst team in the NHL right now, but at the same time, one goal can become two can become three can become four very quickly. 
and uh, the Wild are a team that definitely senses blood in the water, and uh, they they usually capitalize on it. For those Blackhawks fans that don't know what Seth is talking about, the Wild just defeated the Montreal Canadiens by a score of 8-2 to two earlier last week. So the Hawks don't come with their A game. This one could be a slot, uh, a slaughter for Minnesota. Uh, Seth, before I let you go, buddy, let's get some final predictions in there on this game later on this evening. What are uh, your thoughts on this one? I'm going to go with 4-1, uh, to one, Wild get the win. Um, I just... I I can't I'm to the point where I'm even looking at the possibility of this team making a deadline trade to try to really put themselves over the top and I'm having a hard time I'm going in between do they make a big deal or do they just stay put with what they've got because the mix that they have right now just is not broken and I think we see that again tonight that uh, you see just a flex by all of those line combinations that Dean Evison has perfected even with players out, I think we just see another strong game from the top line. The Fiala Boldy connection, I think, connects for two goals, and um, yeah, it's just it's just going to be yet again more uh, more wild magic for the uh, the sleeping giants waiting to uh, to surprise the Central Division um, as the uh, schedule turns to February. I know I speak for a lot of Blackhawks fans out there when I say I got extremely jealous about hearing you guys be buyers at the deadline when it's looking like another trade deadline where the Chicago Blackhawks are going to be dishing people out. Uh, But my prediction for this one, Seth, uh, the Blackhawks offense overall against top teams have not been able to consistently score enough goals. It's really been a killer for them all season long. I think this one's going to be four to two Minnesota. I'd actually even be shocked if the Blackhawks get two with the way things have been going. I mean, it, it was just an absolute stinker on Monday against the Canucks. They've been trending the wrong direction for the last couple of weeks now. I don't mean to talk down about the team, but it's hard to see them coming out with a victory over a team like the Wild, who have only lost twice, or only lost twice in the month of January. I forget it's February now. Um, But yeah, it's just hard to say that the Blackhawks are going to come out with a victory. It's another tall task. I do believe that they can put up a strong fight, but saying they're going to come out with a win, that feels like too large of a leap. So uh, I'm going to go with four to two wild uh, in the final game for both these teams before the NHL all-star break. Seth is always my guy. I really appreciate you taking the time to join me tonight, buddy. Uh, Maybe we can chat after the game for a quick recap if you're wanting to do so. Um, And I wish you the best of luck in this third of four meetings between the Blackhawks and Minnesota wild this season. Very much likewise, my friend, and you know me. I, uh, I'm i always down to uh, collaborate, and so yes, uh, after this game is finished, I'd be happy to uh, to chat about it further. Sounds like a plan, dude. Thank you again, Seth. I appreciate you. Of course. All right, that takes care of a full preview of tonight's game between the Blackhawks and Wild with my good buddy Seth Topal from Lockdown Wild. Coming up in just a moment, I'll also get into the Blackhawks' projected lineup for the game as well as all the latest injury updates that Coach Derek King provided after the morning skate. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. There may be less football being played now, but Bet Online still has way more odds and info for this playoff season with Super Bowl Sunday on the horizon. 
from game scores, totals, player performance props to where the next coach is going to land. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the NFL betting here in 2022. And from basketball, football, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and Vegas casino games. Bet Online, where the game begins. All right, we're back here on Lockdown Blackhawks, getting into segment two now on the show today. I also wanted to be sure to go over the Blackhawks' projected lineup for tonight's game against Minnesota. First, the forward group is expected to remain the same in in terms of the same 12 players, but Derek King will be switching up the forward lines a little bit from the last handful of games. Alex DeBrinkett, Dylan Strome, and Patrick Kane have been loaded up on the top line, which... If DeBrinkett and Kane are going to be playing together, I really want Strom to be the man in the middle, so I'm definitely happy with this choice from Kinger for tonight. Uh, the second line will be Philip Kurashev, Kirby Doc, and Brandon Hagel. Um, I honestly would like to see Sam Lafferty in that spot over Kurashev personally. My boy, top six Sam, who's just been flying around out on the ice since joining the Blackhawks. Um, and Kurashev just really has not been able to consistently get it done on offense so far in his sophomore season. And I'm going to say I am honestly a little bit worried about his progression at this point. Um, But Lafferty is expected to be skating on the third line with Henrik Borgstrom and Dominic Kubelik. I know Kubi's probably frustrated to see himself still not in a top six position with a guy like Kurashev getting an opportunity over him. I also don't know if that's the right decision. Um, Kubelik has been better the past month or so, um, but I don't know if <clears throat> putting him down in that third line is the best spot for him personally. Uh, but that will leave the fourth line as Brett Connolly, Ryan Carpenter, and Mackenzie Entwistle. And I'm interested to see if Connolly can join in on that fourth line and help keep things going for them because the fourth line over the past few weeks has looked a lot more alive than it has maybe all season long. So hopefully Connolly can hop in there and Uh, help keep that wheel turning for the fourth line. And then on defense for the Blackhawks, the lone change to the lineup tonight will be Wyatt Kalanuck finally getting a chance to jump in for Caleb Jones on the back end. And this is something that I've been screaming for in the past couple of weeks now, folks. Get Kalanuck an opportunity. Because last season, down the stretch, he was really impressive. And as he got more and more comfortable, he actually started to see pretty close to 20 minutes a game there towards the end of the year. So I'm really excited to see Kalanuck finally back in the lineup here tonight. He's only got four games of NHL action so far this season and hasn't played with the Hawks since way back on December 7th. So nearly two months ago for Wyatt Kalanuck. I'm also really interested to see how he's going to fare in this final game before the NHL All-Star break. And with the All-Star break coming up, folks, Coach Derek King talked with the media after the morning skate here today and provided a couple of injury updates on a few Blackhawks players. First, Jonathan Taves still 
does not have a timeline on his concussion. He does remain in protocol at the moment. But the good news here is that Taves has been around the team throughout the week. He was also at Fifth Third Arena for the practices, just wasn't able, of course, to be on the ice. Um, but it just, it doesn't sound like, I mean, I'm an outside perspective here, but with Taze being around the team and, you know, still being able to get to Fifth Third Arena and travel and everything, I feel like the symptoms probably aren't affecting him too badly right now. It's just more so the Hawks are probably wanting to be extra careful with the situation and understandably so with everything that Taves has gone through. Um, and I just feel like they probably didn't want to rush him back and didn't want to have him on the ice before the All-Star break because, you know, by waiting, you can still give him these extra few days over the weekend. He can, you know, make sure he's 110% and then hopefully, you know, he'll be feeling better and all good to go once the team returns to the ice next week after the All-Star break. Also, as for the two Johnsons, Tyler and Reese, apparently Reese is a little bit closer to returning than I thought from that broken clavicle. I honestly thought he was going to be out for longer than Tyler would be, um, but King actually told the media today that Reese is expected to return to the team sometime here in the month of February, while Tyler Johnson won't be back until early to mid-March, and I honestly thought that would have been flipped for those two when I heard King talk about how he wasn't even sure if Reese Johnson was going to be able to return to the team at all this season. So that took me a little bit by surprise, but that's why I'm not a doctor, folks. Um, but sounds like we could be seeing <clears throat> a lot more of Reese Johnson on the ice here for the Hawks, especially during practice in the next couple of weeks. And then last, goaltender Kevin Lankinen is not expected to start facing shots again until February 15th. So still a couple of weeks away until Lankinen is going to be fully healthy again. And I'm curious to see if the Hawks, once they return from the All-Star break, are they going to continue to ride Marc-Andre Fleury? Or do they have a plan for Arvid Soderblom to get in there for maybe a start or two? And we've heard King say that he expects Soderblom to be up in the NHL more in the second half of the season, probably once Marc-Andre Fleury gets traded. Um, but with Lankinen still being out until the 15th, I wonder if this is the time to potentially be giving Soderblom a little bit more regular action at the NHL level. All right, there are the latest injury updates on a few Blackhawks players heading into the All-Star break. Coming up in just a moment, I'm going to talk about some expectations for the town hall meeting that will be held later this afternoon. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bill Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or even eating healthier, then make sure you include Bilt Bar in your plan because right now, you can get the best of both worlds with Bilt Bar. Delicious and healthy. In so many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Are you going to go with double chocolate or cookies and cream? Coconut almond or raspberry? Mint brownie or peanut butter brownie? Either way that you choose, Bilt Bar makes it a lot easier to stick to your resolution because they taste so good, you'll actually want to eat them, unlike some other protein bars which can be chalky or waxy or even just tastes like a chemical spill. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is also good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Bilt Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. 
And for a limited time offer, go to BuiltBar.com right now, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the exclusive promo code LOCKED15. That's one word LOCKED all caps, followed by the number 15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. Welcome back to Lockdown Blackhawks. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Moving on into segment three here today. I also wanted to be sure to quickly go over a couple of thoughts and expectations for the Blackhawks town hall meeting that will be held at 6 p.m. Central Time later on this evening. So earlier in the week, obviously, the Blackhawks announced that they will be having this town hall event to kind of shed some more light on the whole GM search and the entire process and everything, and also the direction of the team going forward here. and. It's actually also going to be the first time that we'll hear Rocky and Danny Wirtz speak publicly since the Kyle Beach and John Doe 2 sexual assault investigations began. So it's been quite a while since we've heard either of those two make a statement publicly, but that is all going to change here tonight. And I do expect that to be talked about here for at least a good portion, um, and more particularly the direction, and also actions that the team is going to take to make sure that things like this never happen again and that also the culture around the organization is going to be better. It's going to be correct. It's going to be honest. It's going to be right. That's priority number one. I think they have to answer all those questions here tonight. They can't, they can't brush it over any longer. Those questions have to be answered. And I believe they will. At least I hope they will. As for the GM search, I am curious to hear if they're going to announce, you know, any of the candidates that they've been interviewing here over the last week. Because so far, it's been pretty hush-hush around the team as to who they've been bringing in for interviews. And I tried to pry some, interview, uh, some information out of Charlie Romeliotis in my interview that I had with him earlier this week. Um, but all, all he could really tell us was that Kyle Davidson does appear to be the front runner for the position at the moment, but we haven't heard at all about any other candidates that have been in the running. So I'm curious to hear if that's going to be touched on at all here tonight, although I, I can't say I really expect them to come forward with that information publicly. Um, but other than that, I, I just more so want to hear about an actual plan being in place for the future of this organization. Obviously, things haven't gone even close to how we expected on the ice this season. If you told me back in October that the Blackhawks record would be 16-22-7 at the All-Star break, I would have thrown up all over my laptop. That would be, a terror, that would be an absolute nightmare. So, I just want to hear about a carved-out plan in order to change these things, both on and off the ice. That's really what I'm hoping to hear the most during this town hall meeting, because the fans deserve better. And they also deserve answers for how these problems are going to be solved, or how they're going to go about trying to fix them. I hope it's not a lot of beating around the bush and 
kind of light statements that aren't really saying anything and are just kind of words put together by higher-ups and lawyers and stuff like that. I don't want any of that. I want real. And we deserve real. We deserve better. And we deserve to know how this is going to be different in the future. And it all starts at the top. So I'm really hoping that Rocky and Danny are going to answer the bell here tonight. They don't dodge or duck anything. And just, I hope that they're open and honest with the fan base. Because after everything we've gone through in the past several months alone, it's time to start heading back in that direction. And the more I think about it, with the state of this fan base at the moment, I really believe being open and honest is the only way to win their hearts over again. To win your hearts over again. I'm talking to you, folks. Because you're furious right now. And I get it. I get why you all feel the way you do about this team right now. And I get the messages of why is this team broken and they're terrible. I get it. I get why you're frustrated. Because on paper, this shouldn't have happened. And it's completely unacceptable. So at at this point, I really think the only way to get the fans to buy back in is by being honest. Be good people. Say the right things. Like Kyle Davidson, when he went in front of the media for the first time after Jeremy Colleton had been fired, he and Derek King both, I thought from that day, I don't know if this team's going to be on the, on the winning track again this year, but these are the right people for, for, what, for the situation that we're in. Honest, open, willing to not give themselves up, but willing to admit, you know, everything that comes with this game, good or bad. They're going to tell it to you straight, and that's how I really feel this organization needs to be right now with the state of the fan base. That's how you're going to get the fans to buy back in. Do you, feel, do you agree with me when I say this, folks? Because that's how I feel. I need an open and honest plan about how things are going to be fixed both and on the off the ice. Shed some light to the fans on how things are going to be different this time around. That's what I want to see out of this town hall meeting later on this afternoon from the Chicago Blackhawks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Wednesday, February 2nd's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown Bets podcast, which is hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and even Lee Sterling's lock of the day by just simply following the Lockdown Bets podcast. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Bets right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2. Or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts 
or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, go Hawks. Let's go pick up a massive victory over the Minnesota Wild before the All-Star break. And thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.